real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. All right, here we are again for Man Up Monday. This is February 14th, Valentine's Day. Um, hopefully you're uh, taking your girlfriend, spouse out on a date. Uh, if not, maybe you guys are sitting by fire listening to this podcast tonight. We've got a really special podcast, and I'm excited about my guest I'll introduce here in just a minute. But um, uh, I just wanted to thank everyone again. My name is Jody Burkeen. I'm the founder of Man Up God's Way, and this is the Man Up Monday podcast. We have it every Monday night at 8 o'clock. And so if you get an opportunity, please share this podcast and this live feed video that is on Facebook um, and YouTube as well uh, with your friends and family. Subscribe to one of the channels so you can um, can catch it every Monday night at 8 o'clock. You can also download um, any from any podcast platform uh, the, the show that will be aired um, later tonight uh, and each and every Monday night. We put it on our podcast platform and you can listen to it uh, every every week. And so right now we're trending pretty high, guys, um, and uh, really excited about what God is doing. And so, um, as always, I have uh, in our background uh, our production crew. I got my son back there, Gabe. Hey, Gabe, how you doing, brother? Good. How about you? I can't complain. Thanks for joining us tonight. And and always got the the amazing Fregosa. How are you doing, brother? Hey, hey. Good. Glad you got. Glad to have you guys here. And uh, um, each Monday night, man, uh, our podcast keeps growing. And uh, this week we ranked up to as high as 10 and really excited about that. We're trending and it continues to move on up. And uh, again, it's thank thankful for everybody's listening and all the people that are sharing the podcast as well. And I uh, just want to say thank you for that and continue to share it and continue to download it and continue to uh, listen to it as well. Um, man, man of God's way is an international men's ministry that was birthed out of a desire to see men become the men God has called them to be. Um, and for men to have a personal relationship with Jesus, with their wife, with their family, with their church, and share that good news with everybody in and through discipleship. And so, uh, again, we're excited. We have 878,000 followers on Facebook. Um, you can check out our our newly designed Man Up God's Way page, and we also have the Man Up merch, and that's how we kind of pay for this podcast. If you look over here, we've got coffee mugs, coffee itself, full coffee beans. It's a really good coffee. Uh, water bottles. I got my mug here, so um, that's the end of the advertising. So check out manupmerch.com. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, just to give you a, a little bit of news here, we've got some uh, upcoming guests that I'm really excited about. Um, next week, uh, we've got Jason Noble, who is uh, the pastor from the movie The Breakthrough, and that's a movie that came out a couple years ago about a, a young man in St. Louis that uh, had almost drowned, and oh, he did drown, and died, as a matter of fact, and his mom comes in the, uh, the hospital and prays over him and uh he 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 is revived he was actually dead and was revived and so jason is the uh pastor that was involved with that accident and he's going to be joining us next week i'm really excited about that have another jason um jason smith from he's the pastor of latitude church in new Bern, north carolina i did a, a man up um conference out there 
gosh, Gabe, you and I went uh, out to North Carolina. That was, what, three or four years ago? Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it has been a minute. Quite a it? few years. Yeah, it has been quite a few. I'm, you remember us driving out there 14 hours just straight through and straight back. So really excited about him. His church is blowing up out there. It was a big church back then. It's even bigger now. And I'm uh, just going to talk to him about what God's doing in and through him. And then the week after that, really excited about retired Lieutenant Colonel Chaplain Jerry Owens, uh, who is actually one of my professors in one of my last classes. And so he's going to come in and talk about just trying to be a Christian in the military, as well as a chaplain um, over, you know, men and women that were just struggling with stuff that you and I just don't typically understand. But uh, so that's the news that we've got here. But my awesome guest today is uh, a lady that I have known for 33 years now and uh, who I've been married to for 31 years and is my wife Nan. Hello Nan, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm glad I'm glad you're here. I'm very good. Thank you and I'm glad you're here. I'm excited. Are you good? Yeah, I am. All right. You got the heebie-jeebies out of you? A little bit. A little bit. Mhm. Mm okay. Still got a little in. I know you were nervous this week and uh no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe it. Uh, so as you stated before we started this podcast, it'll be the first time in a long time that we've talked for two hours. Yeah. So uh, it'll be good for so us. Happy Valentine's yeah. Day. Do we just need to clear the table out right now and just put it all out there and get it over with? Hmm. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you talk about being a number one podcast real yeah, quick. For real. <laughs> that would be real quick. So um, I'm really excited about having you on. I know that... Uh, this is not the greatest date that we could possibly go on, but since it was on a Monday night, you know, we'd probably end up on the couch anyway mm -hmm. after 31 years. I think huh? this is fun. Good. I'm yeah, glad. I'm excited about it. I'm glad. I'm, you uh, just really wanted credit for the flowers you got her, put them on camera. Yeah. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I staged all of that right there. So I didn't make, you know, I trying to keep her from, you know, going at the juggler tonight. So. I knew I'd come in and this would be here. I had no doubt. I had no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to make sure that it looked good on camera mm -hmm. and that uh, you didn't get a hold of me too bad. So those were, what do you call those? Um, like, uh, uh, like before... You don't want to start a war, so a it's kind peace of offering. a peace oh, offering. Yeah, there yeah. you go. It's a peace <laughs> offering. That, yeah. and the, the cash you made us pay her before. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, you know what we have is that typically only Jody has a mic. Mm -hmm. So tonight I've got a mic. Yeah, but I've and, got the uh, mute so button. Oh yeah, you still, oh, you still got the power. I still have the mute button. Well, well, I do. I, do, I want to thank you. You've um, you've sacrificed a lot for us to get this podcast going on. You know, Monday nights running the kids to sports and um, waiting up for me and watching it. You know, for the last six seven weeks, and I appreciate that. And I thought it would just be fun for you and I on a. A day that you know is considered a lover's day uh, for my lover to be on uh, the podcast and we just talk about life i love it okay you know yesterday was our anniversary i know our engagement yeah anniversary. we're gonna talk about that too oh, uh, i'm gonna okay. tell the story of how i it's a I, good story yeah, how i can get yeah <laughs> yeah it's good for me it's not good for you it's so good <clears throat> exactly yeah th it was february 13th mm -hmm. 30, 1990 yeah right yeah. yeah was that deliberate the date so so that's when i asked her to marry me i did it the the day before valentine's day to like catch her off guard gotcha. yeah i'll tell the story here in just a little bit because it's uh <laughs> 
and I get to talk too about it. <laughs> yeah. So usually you're on the st on the platform, and you get to tell your version. So I get to get in there yeah, a little I, bit. I know. I figure there's going to be a whole lot of your versions going <laughs> up. That <clears throat> you, we you should got, do this regularly. Yeah, like, just to yeah. keep me honest and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because you know, the older I get, my football stories get greater, you know, and my fishing stories are, you know, fish get longer. And uh, you uh, do pretty good. Well, who was uh, Tom Harmon always used to say is um, uh, the older I get, the better the stories get, you know, or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's going to be me big time. So um, so we've been married 31 years. This is our th going into our 32nd year. And. Uh, we got married in uh, August 4th, 1990, and uh, after uh, a stint at boot camp, and uh, we dated for, so we met in October of 98. Is there 88. 88, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. What did I say, 98? Yeah. 88, yeah, October 88. So why don't you go ahead and tell the story of how we met and... Where I went? Yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went to Murray State University, and Jody is from Murray, Kentucky. And it just so happened that his best friend had a sister who was my age who was going to the university, and she became my best friend. Mm -hmm. And she played matchmaker. So she, um, she started talking to me about this guy named Jody, and did I remember meeting him at the pizza place? Right. And I kind of did. And I was like, oh, yeah. She goes, oh, well, he remembers you. That's all he talks about whenever I see him. He's over at the house. He just wants to know about, about you. And he's going to call you and all that. Well, what I didn't know is that she was going to Jody and saying, do you remember yeah. my friend Nan? You know? Right. And, oh, she talks about you all the time. So she was playing matchmaker. Right, exactly. So <laughs> when we met... Um, we met at a fraternity party mm -hmm, yeah. and actually I came there looking for you. So right. she and I were out and I had just broken up with a guy that I'd been dating very casually, but you know, um, I was like, let's just, let's go see if we can find him. Or she said, let's go find him. And I said, okay. So we walked into this huge, um, fraternity party hundreds of people right, yeah and you were standing literally in the doorway and she introduced us and i immediately thought yeah he likes me <laughs> he's totally into me well because that's what i thought too right that's what she was telling both of us is that you know she really likes you and uh, he she he really likes her you know you mm -hmm. and so it was one of those things where we both came into it thinking yeah we got it you know yeah yeah it's gonna be easy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah see it was a total setup it you was. know here we both were thinking that the other one wanted the other you know each other and uh and i guess we did in a way so so that was the beginning and we have never not been together since. I know it's crazy. It is it? crazy. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I loved you that night cause we left, uh, the, the party we danced, had okay. a great time. And that was what, like, what was the hook, line and sinker for me? Because he was super, super cool. You know, he, he was like, Hey, you know, and you want to dance? Cause most guys are just up against the wall or whatever. I was like, yeah, let's dance. And 
So I got the I got my groove on. Yeah, he had, he had he had the moves too. He wasn't a Carlton, you know. <laughs> Carlton can move. Yeah, he yeah, can he move. Can, yeah. yeah, he can move. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that night, um, we left uh, left the party, and then it was like one or two o'clock in the morning. It was late. It was late. And uh, we went to um, this rest this all night restaurant. It was a total uh, greasy spoon and. We sat down. I'm thinking, I'm starving. I'm going to get, you know, pancakes. I'm going to get bacon, eggs, all this kind of good stuff. And the next thing I know, Nan's ordering the exact same thing. <laughs> polished her plate off. I polished my plate off. I was like, oh, I'm marrying this girl. She can eat, you know, <laughs> she didn't order water and a salad. And I thought, I'm, I'm marrying this girl for sure. Yeah. And then here's a classy thing. We left there. And where I'd parked my car, uh, no, actually, I... I was pulling into your car where at, I had parked where you my had car. parked your car. Mm-hmm. And it was, the, it was the only way to get out was for me to back out and for her to get her car. I pulled in and ran out of gas <laughs> literally <laughs> like three o'clock in the morning and back in the, you know, eighties, things weren't open past, Mm-mm. you know, 10 o'clock. So there wasn't 24 hour, especially in Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't even remember. Did we go back to my house and get a gallon of gasoline or something? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Or, was, or maybe I just took you home. Right. Maybe I just dropped you off, How and we then you your, went. You went with your dad the next day, or something. Okay, is that what it something? was? Something yeah. I can't remember exactly, but I thought, is he really running out of gas? <laughs> Smooth, like Glass. yeah, yeah. I yeah. did all this great dancing and everything, then I screwed up by you know running out and got a gas behind. Well, me. I thought you were out of gas. Yeah, exactly. You know, like <laughs> he was. Yeah, he, exactly. He literally was out of gas. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oops. Uh, hey, He's uh, held that yeah. live for how many years? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 30 uh-huh. plus years. I really did run out of gas. He I really promise. did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we started dating then. Mm-hmm. Um, and like literally, had, like you said, have not, you know, left each other's side since then. Um, you know, other than a little military and, you know, some work stuff that we might have both been on. But uh, for all intents and purposes, we've been together ever since. And so we... Um, you got a so we met in october and then january was it january you got an internship to disney so this is 1988 and uh, then 1989 january you got an internship disney general motors general motors Mm -hmm. uh, epcot center and you're going to be gone for what six months Mm -hmm. and (laughs) i'll never forget she came and told me that and i was like we just started dating like and i was i was really november when i found out so we'd been dating like Oh, maybe a month, and you were leaving in January, is that May, right? Yes, yeah, maybe okay. a month we'd been dating when I found out. Right. And then um, my mom and I drove down to Florida together. In between and Christmas was, and New Year's, mm-hmm, yeah. And then I December. came down on New Year's, I, mm-hmm, that's right. That's right. So I quit school. I was flunking out anyway. So I quit school. I packed up everything. I moved. I didn't I even remember asking her if I could move with you. Did no, I? you said I'm coming. Okay. And I thought... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we moved down to Florida together, and um, I lived with her and six other girls for probably a month, month and a half, till I finally found my own place, got a job. And I was such a loser, man. I, matter of fact, on the way down there uh, to Florida, I had a car. It was a nineteen. Um, it was a nineteen eighty Monte Carlo, two door Monte Carlo. And uh, it was brown. Man, it was the ugliest car you ever seen in your life. And so I'm driving down to, and I get to Valdosta, Georgia, and the heads blew on the car. Like the just the engine just blew up. 
And so I, I'm, I made it into this little bitty podunk gas station. And, and you were 19, right? I was 19 years old, right. yeah. And I, I remember calling my dad. I was like, Dad, you know, my, and my dad was a car dealer. And I was like, dude, the, you know, this thing just blew up. And uh, they want $2,000 to fix it. And I said, I can sell it. He's going to give me $1,500 for it, you know, whatever. And uh, he's like, well, just sell it, you know, whatever. And so I sold it for 1500 bucks. I got a, on a Greyhound. It took me 24 hours from Valdosta, Georgia, which is literally on the border of Florida and Georgia. It took me 24 hours to get from there to um, Orlando where we were living. And uh, yeah, so that's how we started our relationship, you know uh back then not to mention that i had driven down with the brand new puppy that you gave me for, for christmas, christmas. <laughs> these forget. are these are not good moves man. <laughs> you got all the red flags <laughs> like i can't keep a car you know gassed up he can't keep a car oh working gosh. right and then you I got her a puppy that. yeah <laughs> And it was the dumbest dog we've ever had in our life. <laughs> Jamoka was his name. Jamoka. It was a chow chow. We thought we had the best name though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ch Jamoka, Jamoka Bartholomew Vestavia. <laughs> <laughs> Set that poor dog That's up for way. success, dear Lord. It was the dumbest dog. He was brave. He was a gorgeous. He was, he was beautiful. beautiful, beautiful chow chow. But the dumbest dog. Oh my gosh, I don't even remember what happened to him, but. Yeah, that, I forgot about that. Yeah, I did. Why didn't you dump me then? Oh, I loved you bad. I already loved you so bad. So That's there was hilarious. no going back. So we spent the next six months in Florida. Eight months because we didn't yeah, go we back We didn't until go back August. until August. That's mm -hmm. right. We didn't stay at Stanton. So I tried to go back to school. And um, that following year, um, I, I made it a semester. And you were you know, doing really well in school. I just sucked at it. And then I think in January or February, I came back. I remember you and I watched um, Heartbreak Ridge one night on a date night. It's mm -hmm. a hardcore it, movie for a date night. Right? It was, yeah. And uh, like a couple of days later, I came back and I was like, ah, I joined the military. Like little, I didn't even ask her, didn't tell her, didn't, I was talk just, to me about it. I didn't talk to her about it. I was just trying to grow up and I didn't know any other way to do it. And, um, I was like, I, I, it's, it's, it's okay. I'm only going to be two years. I joined in a college army option program. It's two years. I'll get my GI bill and everything will be great. And, um, so I went to boot camp in April. Well, uh, but you, the way you were able to do that was that you signed up for a combat, combat arms, arms unit. unit. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, what are you thinking? And you said to me, what? There hadn't been a war in 20 years, yeah, man. Exactly. It'll be yeah. all right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I went to boot camp at uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky for four months from April to um, the end of July. And July 31st, Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. Now, yep. You got out July 31st. Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait on August, August 2nd. 2nd. We got, we got married, married on August, on August 4th, 4th That's right. and then reported to duty yeah. August 5th in Kansas. All right, so let's back up to February. I well, got We got to talk about February. Well, you know what the whole stink of it was, what though? Was it? Clint Eastwood probably wasn't even there. Well, yeah, exactly. That's why we. <laughs> that's why the war went 30 years after we you know, we started. That's it. why yeah. you joined, yeah. for sure. Right. Well, Clint Eastwood was a Marine, too. I, I was too scared to join the Marines at the time. Um, and he was a Marine in that movie, I should say. Um, I was too scared to join the Marines, so I jumped into the Army and ended up being a Cav Scout, which is like a glorified Marine in the Army. You know, it's a combat arms unit. But um, So let's go back to our 
anniversary of me asking you to marry you. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> here we are. Like, let's tell a man story. We literally have been married or together. I'm like no time at all. You well, know, like it had been a year. It'd been almost a year. No, we started dating in October and this was October 88. And 88. so this is going around to October 89. And then we're into so a year February, and a half. Right. Yeah. So we've been dating a year and a half. So we're February uh, 13th. I remember taking you. So we lived in, we were in Murray, Kentucky and we went to Paducah, which was like the big city, you know, for us, mm -hmm. uh, Nashville was two hours away. Paducah was only 45 minutes. And so, I took you to this really fancy, <laughs> I say fancy because I thought it was a fancy Mexican restaurant. Wasn't it like Chi Chi's yeah, or something? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, this is, this is not boding well, man. Like, I thought I was going to no. hear some like epic stories of how you live. I don't know. I know what I'm doing wrong in dating. I'm doing everything right. Okay, so I'm messing up and someone will feel sorry for me and take me. You got to be a loser. He was yeah, they just so cute. <laughs> That's great. So we go to this, <laughs> we go to this, again, I, you know, I swear it was a five-star Mexican place. <laughs> and Where I, was it? Where was it? It was in Paducah, Kentucky. Yeah, I, I got a theory that they don't have five-star yeah. Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> they got three-star and a half. I don't, I don't even think they got a star there, much less five stars. <laughs> so we go to this place, and I am a freaking nervous wreck. Like, I'm shaking in my boots. Well, let me tell you how classy I really am. So I decided I was going to marry Nan, and um, uh, I didn't have the money. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. I didn't have the money to buy the ring. <laughs> well, so, well, you so got to tell the story. For I, what, I called my dad up, and I was like, hey. After you had asked me to marry you. Yeah. After he yeah. had asked me to marry him. He, we together we call them yeah so how hold on i gotta get this straight so, so you're you're at the restaurant ringless no 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 i had oh, the ring had so okay. so i had the ring i had gotten it from nan's dad who had a buddy named pigeon <laughs> <laughs> we are really we're so we're redneck <laughs> and so pigeon no telling where pigeon came from it'd be one of those if i hadn't found my 500 bucks he'd have probably taken a leg or something yeah. like that like <clears throat> so i got the ring on hawk <laughs> basically and um i you know i'd already talked to her dad and he's the one who got the ring for me and all this and so i'm at the restaurant and i literally I, i'm sweating bullets like i was dying but you need to, are you going to tell what you did to your dad, what you asked him for? Well, that's after the restaurant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> so classy. And so I remember asking you, uh, or we were sitting there and I was nervous, Rag, and you thought I was going to break up with you. I did. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I couldn't even get the words out. Like I couldn't ask her to marry me. I thought, I, I thought we're dying here. You, you act, you acted so bizarre. He's mean to you the week before just yeah. to like set it up, throw <laughs> right. her off the scent, you know? Yeah, not even that, <laughs> yeah. just that night he was so bizarre acting and nervous. And, and, um, I, I was like, he brought me here to break up with me. Right. You know, I thought we were we were forever you know right. and, and he's he's gonna break up with me he doesn't know how to do that kind of thing right and so i so then i got nervous so i she got nervous i got nervous and i didn't ask her during dinner mm -hmm. and so we're walking out of the restaurant and they've got this 
in my mind, it's this beautiful, like Eden esque garden out in the front of this Mexican it restaurant. Red lava rock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With a couple plants. Yeah, exactly. It's a big pot, you know, the, the terracotta plants on each side with a bench. And um, I was going to take her outside and I was going to ask her there. Well, we're walking out and she's like, no, huh? it was not until we got into the car that I said. No, you said that because okay. I, I did. I got scared to death. I wasn't. Okay. I was like, I'm not going to because. As we're walking out, she goes, man, I need to go get some Tums. My stomach is hurting. <laughs> like, just shot the mood right then and there. Well, in all fairness, you had taken me to Mexican, and then you made me nervous. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's and awesome. so <clears throat> we're driving. We get in the car. I don't recall going to get Tones. Maybe we did. We did. We did we? Okay. That was the night that you had one of the most brilliant ideas ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I said that we need to put credit card machines on gas pumps, mm -hmm. you told me it was stupid. Though. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was like, he said, I have the greatest idea because we needed gas, too, and Tums. Mm -hmm. And um, so he wouldn't run out of gas. Um, so <laughs> he had to run inside, and it was cold, and you hate the cold. Right. Because you had to run in to go pay then. And um, so you came back, and while it was pumping, you said, I have the greatest idea ever. And he said, I'm going to develop a gas pump that you can put your credit card into it and you don't have to go in mm. and pay. So moms with kids or if it's cold. And I was like, that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. That, that's Elon Musk. Yeah, no, I could. Exactly. Yeah. So after that, like any idea he comes up with, I'm like, let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's just do it. So we we got gas. We're headed back to Murray, and and finally I pulled over, and I'm nervous, right? And so she's thinking I'm going to break up with her. We pull off on the side of the road, in my car, and um, I remember what you said. <clears throat> what I say? You said um, that you said, uh, Nan, I don't need a special place or a special time to tell you that I love you, but. Um, I want to take this time to ask you if you'll be my wife. Oh, and I remember what you said. You said no. I did. <laughs> I was trying. I was going for some comic relief because the night had been so uptight. And I was like, as I was hugging you, I was like, no, I won't. And I guess that you took it literally. It was not funny, even right. though I am very funny. Yeah, like, man, I just killed my ego. Like, I was just <laughs> shot right then and there. <laughs> but then she finally said yes. And yes. so that, oh, yeah. <clears throat> that, uh, that night Immediately was, yeah. said yes. I yeah. was just trying to be funny, I guess. I don't know why I said that. Yeah. And so then we, uh, um, we, I end up going to boot camp, um, getting out. We end up our get married August fourth, and our honeymoon is a U-Haul all the way to Fort Riley, Kansas. And so, uh, that it was, was a, a fun trip. It was a fun trip. Heck yeah, mm -hmm. best honeymoon ever. <laughs> and um, so we we get to Fort Riley, Kansas. We end up living in Manhattan, Kansas, <clears throat> is where we find a little apartment and house. So, a little house, and that's where we started our life. And so. It was crazy because um, it wasn't, what, a week after we got there. I think we got everything squared away. I went to the mm -hmm. field for 30 days as soon as well, we got before, there. Well, before you went to the field, we hadn't been there a week maybe, and they called you, they called us 
the entire oh, yeah. unit, the unit 32,000 people, 32,000 soldiers plus spouses were called up and called to the base. Right. We had to and go sign insurance policies. We didn't know that you were being called up, called yeah. up for deployment because we'd only been there a week. Right. And we drove on to base. And remember, they had all those huge white tents, tents set yeah. up. And so we, we found where we were supposed to go. And the first thing they did was they had a, you make out a will mm -hmm. and a power of attorney and all that kind of stuff. And so here we are just signing all this stuff. Which I'm sure was very comforting for oh, you. It yeah. was terrifying. It was terrifying. Yeah. And then while from that point on, then you went into the field for 30 days mm -hmm. and filthy. Oh, that was filthy. nasty. I didn't take a shower for 30 days and just had stuff everywhere i was a tank driver so i drove the what was called an m3 bradley it was a scout vehicle <clears throat> and you'd sit right behind you know as you're driving down you had your turret open and you're literally in the dust of somebody else like i had it in my teeth his ears like in your my ear ears canals were, were like literally you know yeah. we're scooping out but you came back with stitches remember mm -hmm. in your oh, yeah, right in here. your um arm and i had to take them out with um fingernail Fingernail clippers, clippers yeah, yeah. pulling them out because they'd grown over. They've been there so long. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. But for the next what, like four months, or well, no, it was the next year that um, before you know, because everything went from green Vietnam mm -hmm. green to sand brown. Right. And, you know, all of the BDUs mm -hmm. and tanks and everything. So there was some preparation to get over there, and in that time, they called at least twice maybe three times and what was the code that did it was they like a code red or code, code red. 10 or i can't remember what it was but they would call us up immediately and we had the phone tree back then they didn't have you know texting and stuff so i got a call i'd have to call the guy below me and you know everybody had to be at the base immediately because we're leaving right and that happened often that like three times where right. and you weren't allowed to ask any questions all you could do was say yes sir mm -hmm. and then make your call yeah and grab your pack Kiss my wife grab my pack and go and we'd kiss and yeah. hug and, yeah. and you would leave it was a stressful year wasn't it mm. it yeah. was really yeah that was we really all know hard. that 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 war went really quick and uh, i ended up not having to go anyway which was good and ended up getting discharged and um, we moved to columbus ohio mm -hmm. and uh so I don't know if my dad and my stepmom are listening right now, but if they are, we owe I, them how much? I apologize. Yeah, exactly. How we, we killed the uh, freezer a few times and lost three sides of beef and all that kind of stuff. We lived with them for what? Price three months. Oh no, longer than that, Was wasn't it? it? I yeah. can't remember. So we, we have our older kids. We have my daughter and her fiance living with us now, and we kind of know what uh, my parents went through. We're, being, we're paying for our raising now, mm -hmm. uh, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm -hmm. So uh, we ended up just like, really, that's where our life started was Columbus. Or I should say our professional life started. Mm -hmm. uh, I got into the restaurant business, and you got into um, – a school where you were working, you know, doing admissions, admissions and, sales. and sales. And then uh, you went to book sales and then from publishing, book, publishing and mm -hmm. then from publishing to Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. And um, I went from one restaurant to the other, to the other, to the other, and then finally into food sales mm -hmm. uh, with Cisco Food Service. And that's when we moved to Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm -hmm. So we lived in Columbus almost five years, right? Ish. Yeah. Ish. Okay. Went to Cincinnati, lived in Loveland there, um, 
just outside of Cincinnati and lived there for three just years. Two. Was it two years? Mm-hmm. And then Frankfort, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And that this was all within six years of each other. Yeah, we moved to um, we moved to Cincinnati in ninety. No. Yeah, we moved to Cincinnati in '96, and we were there until '98. Right. And then we moved to Frankfurt, Frankfurt. and we were there from '98 until 2001. 2001. Yeah, and that's when mm-hmm. we moved to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So within 10 years, we moved five times, mm-hmm. basically. Are but you including Florida? Well, not yeah, I'm not including Florida, but yeah. you know, so we we were traveling quite a bit, and then. Uh, in Frankfurt, um, we had our first child, mm-hmm. and uh, Evie, who's 21 now, and she's uh, getting married in May, had her. And then as soon as we got to St. Louis, we had our second child, which is Gabe. He's in here tonight. He's our nine, angel, Gabriel. Our, our angel, Gabriel. Uh, the archangel, Gabriel. That's and right. um, he, he is 19 and getting ready to go to school in Florida, and he's very creative and that's why we got him doing some of the podcast and video stuff. So um, for the first 12 years of our marriage, though, we were dinks. We you were. know, dual income, uh, no, kids. no kids, and just living our life and trying to build a kingdom, what we thought our kingdom was. And we weren't following Christ at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for you, you like just about every city, you would always find a church that you would try to get attached to, mm-hmm. uh, even if it was crazy one like that one in Columbus. That was uh, a great church, It I was think. crazy. No. Man, they were a cult. They were not. <laughs> yes, they were. First they, time I was there, they asked for my money, so. Right. Well, ev- no matter where we went. Every time I we went, went to a church, they were asking for money, it seemed like. That's, yeah. That was all that my focus was. Yeah. So. But no, yeah. I like that church. Yeah, you were always a seeker, and I, I was, was I was always not the one that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I tended to, to walk away from it, shy away from it, hate it, um, and I apologize for not, you know, leaning more into that, you know, over the years. I've never said that, but, it, it, you know, looking back on it, I could see how that could, that could split a marriage mm-hmm. really easy, especially when you're unequally yoked, and thank God you weren't yoked yet, but you were heading that direction. Yeah, I still... Um try to to i don't think rectifies the right word but you know i had an exp- a salvation experience as a kid mm-hmm. and was baptized and i remember them right. you know um i just n- didn't have any model of how that was supposed to work and how that was supposed to look and so i was also a wild child mm-hmm. so only god knows if i was saved you know, the, the right. thing that I know, though, is that if if whenever it came to a conversation about eternity, my thought was, and I'd even say, yeah, I hope I'm going to right. to heaven. And maybe I would have. I don't know. Right. But you and I nailed it down together yeah. on May 23rd. 22nd. 23rd. 22nd. 23rd, <clears throat> 2003. I remember looking at the clock. It was 522 on the clock. And it I wasn't. remember this it, is it was 522. You, you got married? No, this is when we gave our life to the Lord. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So we had our first two kids. Well, if you're wrong, he doesn't let you in. Yeah. So you better figure that out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got it written down. <laughs> I have it written down. So from that night that, that our pastor wrote it. It's in my in book. The Bible. It's gospel. Now. I know. You, it's 527. I know. If 522. That's, mm-hmm. It's he the 23rd, it. though. It's gospel. He knew he was wrong, so he printed it so he could say <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Well, mine's printed. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Well, see, he always has the mic. Mm-hmm. He always has the the, the platform, I've so you, you can. I've heard you 
talk just in the back of the church, talking just as loud as I do. Well, sometimes. every once in a while, a girl's gotta. <laughs> she's the one who's been booing from the back. I mm-hmm. thought I heard booing from the back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's the one booing. No. I'm his biggest fan. Mm, she is. For I, sure. I do believe that. So we... Uh, and hardest critic. We moved to St. Louis. Uh, two kids in tow now. Um, we were... Brand new parents had no clue what we're doing. I don't still still don't think we know what we're doing. Trying our best. Thank God for grace. Amen. And um, I'll never forget. You know, we we were in the process of um, building our house, and um, I I I remember coming back to the um, the apartment or that the rental rental or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you you said you had finally found a church, and you you said. do I do I remember the promise that you made on our wedding day, and that promise would be that I would take our kids to church when we had kids. So Gabe was a newborn. So Gabe was he was brand new. Yeah, exactly. He was what one maybe. No, no, not it was even two, that. Well, two thousand and three, and that was in February, right? Mm-hmm. Of two thousand and three. So he was um, six months old. Six months. Oh wow. Okay. Mm, maybe so yeah, two thousand two. Five months yeah. old. <laughs> yeah so okay. six months and so you flipped out this brochure that you'd gotten in the mail and they'd already talked to the pastor and so here we go to the the church and the story that i always tell is that literally i thought we were walking into a cult because it was at a hotel um and we fought and we the fought whole the way. whole way there because my goal, honestly, was just I, I would hope the kids would be so pissed off we wouldn't have to go and you'd get mad at me. And that we'd is a be, cuss word, by the way. That is not a cuss word. And that everybody would be mad and you'd finally just give up and quit. And then we wouldn't have to go back to church. Mm-hmm. So I'm like literally holding my kids as we're walking into this church thinking this is a cult. They're going to ask us to sell flowers at the airport. I well, you told it. me. You <laughs> said if they ask me to sell flowers, I'm out of here. <laughs> like the moonies yeah Yeah. it would be selling it so so, but we walked in and it was uh i think it was an old holodome yeah it was old holodome yeah Mm -hmm. and it was just in the middle of the the place in this conference area and the 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 olympic size swimming pool was right there as well Uh, indoor swimming pool and that's uh where we ended up getting baptized Mm -hmm. and uh in that pool but uh i remember walking into the church it was like we were the youngest couple, like there was only two other couples there that had kids our age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you go to church very long, you'll realize that uh, young couples with kids are like gold. And so you want to grab a hold of them and get them engaged. And so people were just really, really nice. And um, I think probably we were the first people to join besides the core group that had established right. it, maybe. Yeah possibly i don't know yeah uh, but i just know kids you know they didn't didn't hurt us by any means no no and yeah so we got we got there and man it was just it was cool it was like a, it was just like a family and a community was. that was together and man they loved on us and um you know it made us feel really good and um that's and then, something you get in smaller churches that you don't really get you right. know because i've been to real small churches and i worship at a small church right now uh, but I've, I've been in the big corporate mm-hmm. churches. It's tough to get that community, that yeah. same vibe. Yeah. yeah, it is. And, you know, the the bigger you get, that's the more of a struggle that is. Mm-hmm. Um, Fighting against it. You are, you know, because, I mean, the idea is to grow as a church. That means, you know, you're drawing people in, you're saving, you know, you're not saving people, you're bringing people to salvation and that 
that right. growth continues to happen. Inviting um, them, bringing inviting them, them and, and bringing them in and stuff like that. But there is something that is lost in 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 a growing church sometimes. But you know, we were right right at the core where it was twenty five, thirty people, and uh, and God just started working on us. Man, we didn't miss a Sunday on, from then on. Mm-mm. I always think about like God, um, you know, on His throne looking down and just kind of giggling, you know, like, um, you know, moving this pawn here and this one, you know, and then he moves the queen or whatever and says, checkmate, you know, like that was, yeah, yeah, that was it. He'd been moved. It had been a game, you know, all, Mm -hmm. all the moves, all the things that we were doing, um, the stuff that we thought we were doing and, and all of that. And it was just him orchestrating that building that. Like of all the places for us to go was, St. Louis, Missouri. Well, we bought our house on a two-year arm, remember? Yeah, exactly. Because we were, like, here for no more Just, than two years because yeah, we, we, were, we were the Jeffersons. Right. Like, we were moving, moving on, on up. up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you were still working at Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Um, you were now one of the top salespeople in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd helped launch Viagra, and things were moving and grooving. A lot, and of, a lot of products. I was, uh, I was here for a German company uh, selling air compressors, putting in a branch here, and uh, things were financially really good for us. Um, we, uh, we thought we were doing, you know, what we were supposed to be doing and trying to build our wealth and our kingdom and all of that. And then in May, 22nd or 23rd, we gave our life to the Lord. And uh, it rocked our world. And that was in 2001. Three. Or excuse me, 2003. Mm-hmm. So um, 2003. And it it literally changed our life forever. We were sitting in our living room, or excuse me, our kitchen, our dining room mm-hmm. uh, in You'll our house. There. Yeah, I'll get there sooner. I'm just going through the house right now. And uh, talking to our pastor, and he just finally told us both, well, we just need to get saved. And we were like, okay, let's Let's do it. It's by faith we gave our lives to the Lord, and it changed us forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit. <clears throat> you know, it was almost a year later um, that we went to camp, uh, a family camp, and um, mm-hmm. we came back. Had you had you quit your job yet? Um, so or was that after that, that? Let me think that through. So it, w- it would have been like 2006 because Evie was going to be going into – first grade kindergarten or kindergarten so yeah. she was five is the first time that we went to family camp gabe was one when i started staying home yeah that was a god thing too right that had been a real bone of contention between us because i knew that my heart was that i wanted to be home with our kids even though i right. was a professional and that's what i always wanted to be was a successful career so person. god really started working on both of us and we mm-hmm. went to this camp knowing that you were supposed to no i think uh, i was already at home you were so you had already quit that's mm-hmm. right so god had told you to quit your home. job stay mm-hmm. home take care of the kids mm-hmm. at the, because at the time we had a full-time live-in nanny right at one time mm-hmm. and um you know we were both trying to live in the professional world while trying to raise kids and you know when the holy spirit gets a hold of you it starts doing something deep like mm-hmm. really making you realize that there's a lot of things that you you need to be doing that uh, you're not one of those things for us was for you to stay home and take care of the children. Yeah. And so then a year or so later, <clears throat> we ended up going to a camp and, you know, after this camp, it's like a family camp and God just really speaks to us. We've been going now every year since then. Mm-hmm. 
And God speaks every single time. Um, I love it. In, in major ways. Like, it's not just, hey, you're doing a good job, or I need you to get rid of that sin. It's like, no, you need to drop this and do that. And some major ministry changes in our lives. And the very first one was for you to homeschool. Right. And that was massive. That uh, was one of those that I was like, I can't hear you. I yeah, can't hear you. But we were leaving the camp, and... Um, we like we were silent. Neither we weren't. Neither one of us talking. The kids were exhausted. It was a great week. They were asleep, and uh, I finally I looked over at Nan, and I was like, I think we're supposed to homeschool our kids. And and, and granted, we were really um, enticed during the week. Uh, our speaker had seven kids, and they stair stepped just one right after another. They homeschooled all of them, and he had them come up on stage and talk, and they just were elegant and godly and you know they just did all of these great things well were like that's yeah, well yeah. Spoken. like that's what we want our kids to be like the, and the trick is you only gotta like homeschool the first three if you got a bunch they'll homeschool, the homeschool themselves yeah exactly <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so um i always felt like the underachiever homeschooler because usually homeschoolers have you know like the yeah. 12 passenger vans right. that are full and here i'm pulling up with just my two you got two of them in my car and uh so we ended up going back to st louis and saying hey we're going to homeschool and that was another phase of our life and by this time i was um uh, becoming the assistant pastor at the church we gave our life to the lord and uh, that was a real difficult time in our lives uh because i was i was going out way before the the, the cart i was I had the cart before the horse and um I, I didn't understand. I knew God was doing something in my life, but I didn't take really much care into seeing what he was doing in your life and whether he had a calling on your life or whether you saw the calling or whatever. Because, you know, to be honest, I had 12 years worth of crap to fix in our marriage, um, you know, lying and drinking and, you know, bad money management and uh, stupid stuff that I did in our marriage. And uh, here I am all of a sudden a Christian and now a pastor. And you didn't know if it was real or not, or you didn't mm -hmm. know if it was going to stick or not. And we didn't really communicate in those days. And, you know, really for the first time in our lives, <clears throat> I jumped into this assistant pastor position without me knowing, without even, you knowing. well, to be honest, I didn't know it was going to happen either, but, um, I was in the background knowing that we were talking in this direction. And one day the pastor just gets up on stage and says, Hey, you know, we're going to have a new assistant pastor. I'm like, oh crap. We weren't yeah. even there. Were we not? No. Okay. Cause I had friends call me and say, wow, Jody's the pa the assistant pastor, you know? And I was like, hmm. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. So, um, so I sure am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Chest all puffed out. Yeah. Uh -huh. Super proud. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He, but um, he was a little puffed up then. It, yeah. I was very puffed up because, you know, my, my pride and my ego and everything was based on, you know, the money that we had, my beautiful wife, the wonderful kids, the big house, the cars, all like that was my that was my character. Like that, I felt that was, that was who I was. And for me to, you know, I was a regional manager for my company and now I'm the assistant pastor of this church. Like, man, this it is just before, fed right into my ego. So this is before the laptop incident. Uh, you know, well, yeah, the laptop incident <laughs> happened soon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not, not much later than this. Yeah, right. And, um, and so, yeah, it uh, all fits together. Yeah, it all fits it? together. Yeah. But, 
God was doing something in my life and I just didn't know what it was. I didn't understand what a calling was. I didn't understand the direction I was headed. I knew that there was something there and I felt like I had to chase it. Um, but I didn't bring you along with me. And that was the first time that you and I had ever talked about divorce. Mm -hmm. And why, why do you think that that is? Um, other than the ways that he asked you to marry him, the way that you met him, <laughs> kind of like the all the first, five thousand yeah. other times I other gave her, that, I gave her a yeah. reason to yeah. divorce me. She didn't divorce me. Now I'm yeah. assistant pastor, and she wants to divorce me. Yeah, specifically in this instance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, one of the things that sticks out to me, well, um, you know, we had two. We went from no kids mm -hmm. to two kids in seventeen months, mm -hmm. and I went from a professional woman to a stay-at-home mom, right. which was the joy of my life, but it is a hard job. Mm -hmm. Staying home is way harder than going to, to work. Right. You know, and that's not taking anything away from women who work that that's easy. I'm not saying that at right. all. For me to go from where I was to staying at home full-time was a real challenge, and having kids close in age, you know, well, kids are busy. Um, and so we, weren't, we were not a team. Right. We had been a team before well, it was just us it whenever it was just us like mm -hmm. you know we were best friends and um we enjoyed one another and all of that and then i i don't know what exactly transpired or if it just became obvious to me but i remember walking with diaper bag and a bible bag and holding on to to one hand and a baby in the other and i'd look over and you'd be holding somebody else's baby laughing politicking politicking mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep totally yeah. politicking you told me one time and i actually i remember this that um you know the as a pastor like the worst thing to do or the, the worst feeling is to preach something that you don't aren't practicing number one mm -hmm. maybe don't believe in or um don't understand it like the, you can tell like for me anyway, when I start talking about something, he's like, oh man, I'm not sure if I really believe this or not. Or, you know, and here I am trying to teach, you know, men and women about marriage and kids and, you know, mm -hmm. good Jesus and all this kind of stuff. And not once have we really talked about it at home. Right. And I think that was probably the catalyst that, you know, more than anything of, mm -hmm. of why we had that conversation. Probably. Well, and I think too, like you said, the 12 years mm -hmm. of just not being able to believe if what you would that, say right. is what you were going to do yeah. i mean i would start and, something quit five days later right. and and know, that was the big yeah. thing i'd always say you, mm -hmm. you know you can't you can't just quit this you can't go and buy a different golf right. bag you know and right. or do something else because this is like forever and this affects not only you but it affects us and our kids like this is eternity mm -hmm. and um and i remember that you you wrote me a letter well, I wrote you a letter because we just were not communicating at all. And I wrote you a letter and just, I feel like it was like 15 pages front and back, you know, like just pouring out my. It had check boxes on the back of it. It did. <laughs> you know, probably sure. did. And, um, and then you wrote me a letter back, but you were always really good at just being able to talk, you know. And so we had a, a conversation and I was like, I don't know if you're still a liar. Right. And I remember you telling me I'm not a liar. Like, trust me that I'm not a liar. This is who I am and this is who we are. And, um, 
And I think that was the beginning of Man Up. It really was, yeah. I think that was because I feel like it wasn't too long after that that you um, just started disappearing to the basement <laughs> and you were writing. Right. And, um, and well, you I think I think more than I think it man up started in my heart at that moment. Mm -hmm. Well, it didn't necessarily start because that was like, you know, between 2007 and 2010. Um, well, 2012 is when man up really started. I wrote the book in 2011. So 2010 is when we were called away. Right. To, to we church. left that church that we had. I mean, we got saved, baptized. Mm -hmm. Our kids were um saved, saved and, and baptized, baptized. Yep. there you know you went and got called into ministry like so much it was our home and then we really felt called away and that was in 2010 mm -hmm. and you told me well we it, it took it took months before we finally made the decision because you were like we're leaving and i was like that yeah. does not that doesn't you know my my spirit is not in in tune with that right. like that doesn't that there's no check in my spirit that's like, yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. And then you'd go away and you'd pray longer and you'd say, okay, well now we're leaving. And I was like, oh, you know, yeah. and you remember that? Yeah, and, yeah. and then, um, I think it was, uh, when we were in Hawaii for our, um, 10 year, 20th. 20 year anniversary. Yeah. And you said, this is what I feel like God's told me. And it was a plan laid out. And I was like, that mm -hmm. resonates with my spirit. And, um, so we were making plans for that to happen and you looked at me and you you told me you said i want you to know that i will never leave you behind again mm -hmm. if we do this we're doing this together right and i will never do that to you again and, and, you, that, and that's where i think man i like you know me trying to make sure that i had my household in order mm -hmm. before i mm -hmm. did the church yeah because that's what i think that's where I know I screwed up uh, more than anything by not having things in in order at home. And I don't mean like, you know, hey, think, you know, just me and I com uh, con having a conversation mm -hmm. like that wasn't happening at home. Uh, me being involved in the kids lives that wasn't having it happen at home. Mm -hmm. Now, at the same time, we also had a company uh, which kept me, you know, quite busy too. Mm -hmm. um, kept us both busy. And um, so as we go, you know, through that, we left uh, 2010, 2013, uh, Man Up started in 2012. Um, we came back to uh, uh, the old church mm -hmm. in 2013. Yeah, just for a temporary thing. For a temporary thing. And the next thing you know, um, I think that was like right in the middle of 2013. It was. Um, because it was by, three years by the end from of two the time that yeah, we left. By, so we, we came just to, we hadn't fellowship. We are actually going to start our own church in our basement. Remember mm -hmm. that? We were going to start a home church. and Yeah, you we, wanted to do that. I don't know that I was fully on board well, with it, was, it yet. It, I felt God telling us to do something. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and I thought, well, we'll we know how to discipleship. Let's just disciple people here. We'll start it, you know. Mm -hmm. and so we cleaned out the basement, or I cleaned out the basement, and I thought, well, we'll oh, just Oh, I'm sure it. I helped. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and so we were going to start a church and, you know, it just never felt right. Never felt like things were going to well. And so we came back to the old church and, um, and God just started doing a mighty work and we stayed mm -hmm. there for almost a year. And then, you know, one day the pastor up and quit, yeah. you know, the pastor that, uh, we both still love. And, um, you know, point number five of his sermon was today's my last day and Mike dropped and walked off the stage yeah. and, 
kind of left the church in shambles and um you know god just did a mighty work gave us the opportunity to um, start a whole new church mm-hmm. uh, replant and um, led us there we both felt that calling and we did um, that was in 2015 yeah and so um but it always hasn't been that easy two weeks prior to us launching the the new church march 1st march 1st will be seven years um, yeah how about that that we've uh that we've been at the church and um two weeks before that we found out that you had cancer so oh let's go back well, we got to go back just a little bit 2012 was a huge year for us um we what got happened? we got two more kids oh. <laughs> so before, yeah. before by, you then guys I, by now i'd have no brain yeah exactly <laughs> before you guys jump into that i, I want to ask this question i feel like it's foundational for how you guys operate right um, Nan, it's it's really for you. So when you're letting your husband lead, um, and you'd mentioned, you know, I'm this I'm not feeling a call to that, but you know, you know, spiritually, you're you're allowing him. How do you process that? How do you do that? And how do you yield? Um, maybe when your spirit isn't. Uh, I'm sure some of our listeners, if we have women listeners, who, you know, maybe have a man who's who's leading the marriage, and like, man, I don't know how I feel about this decision, but I know I'm supposed to let my husband lead me spiritually. So how does that all mm-hmm. play in? Um, well, it, it really is just the Holy Spirit. Like mm-hmm. I can take no credit for that. But um, I do feel like that when uh, God was birthing man up, that he was also doing a work in me because I had, I, I mean, not like I was before, but I was a super strong woman, very opinionated. Are you really on your phone while I'm talking? I'm listening. Get him. I'm telling you. I, the camera's on you, not on me. <laughs> He's got you both <laughs> right she just now. Threw you're me under the bus. You're in trouble. He got you both. Everybody <laughs> knew it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I think that he was just birthing in me, too, this mm. I knew... I, I had always wanted the life that we have now as far as living and following and serving the Lord. I had always wanted that. Even as a, a kid, even as a rebellious teenager, which I was super rebellious, mm-hmm. there was still this desire for that. So I think that that always was a part of, okay, I'm going to try to be who God wants me to be and let him be God and I'm going to try to to be obedient to him and pray for you so right. that you could come into all that God had planned for you. Right. And I don't feel like that I'm smart enough or wise enough to have he planted that in my heart. You know, right. like he's the one who said, Nan, um, and we always say, you know, like, it's not like you man up and the woman goes down Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a you know i was out here and jody was just kind of hanging out you know and then but what started happening was you started going forward and i started coming back Mm -hmm. and so then we were you know just like adam and eve where you know eve is made from his rib you know the side of him then that's where we were and that that was the idea behind man up not that you'd be here and and i'd be here but or that men would be, you know, and so I think that um, we complement and complete each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's where we had to get to, because, you know, the first. Gosh, the first 16, 17 years of our lives, I mean, she she has a 
uh, type A personality. Mm-hmm. Like she's, you know, a go getter. When she walks in a room, she commands the room. Uh, when she was you in sales, do. she you still do. Got um, you off your phone, bro. Yeah, exactly. I put my. <laughs> you see what she did? I put my phone down real quick. Scared I me. To I death. was in trouble. I turned mine over. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it out the window here in a second. And, um, you know, for her to, she had more of a sacrifice than I did. Like she had to, to really come off the, the head of the household, um, mentality. Cause I, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't want to do anything at the time. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. You know, I was a boy trying to grow up and, um, it wasn't until we found God that he started changing both of us in a way that allowed us to be and come under the umbrella of God himself through mm-hmm. his son, Jesus Christ, that, uh, allowed us to complement and complete each other to a place to where we live today. And we've been doing that relatively well for a good, gosh, almost 10 years, um, some days you know, better than yeah days. exactly well, well I, it's not perfect by any means but I, I i do believe that when you know the closer we both get to jesus the closer we get to each other mm-hmm. and that has been huge and well, you know that, that's been a, that's been you know the struggle and that's the struggle for all marriages right. just trying to figure out that balance well and i think too that it was um uh, there had to be there was a lot of growth we were always in love We've always loved each other and um, best friends and that kind of stuff. And then life happens and, you know, mortgages and kids and uh, ambition, right. you know, can separate. And we did kind of compete with one another um, mm-hmm. a little bit. And so um, I think that like that conversation, you know, whenever... We uh, was like, I I just don't know that I want to be married anymore. Right. You know, I think that we decided that we were on the same team. And so once that we established that we were on the same team Mm -hmm. and, you know, we always say um, whenever we're talking to other couples, like you go first. Right. And so each one of the people are a you, you know, you go first, you go first. Right. So, so I think that we went first with each other. Right. I think God orchestrated all that. We, I take, you know, I don't think we can take uh, any it credit for it. It had nothing to do with us, but and we did have to surrender. That was our issue is we had to, sur- I had to surrender by stepping up. Mm-hmm. You had to surrender by stepping back. Mm-hmm. And when we did, we met each other. Right. And that was the cool thing. Right. Well, and I think t- for me to um, surrender, so to answer your your question, Samuel, I think that for me to surrender to that, for my spirit to align with that, um, it was the leading up to that, that we, we were a team right? and, uh, also learning what was really worth fighting and what wasn't, right. you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and somebody gave me some advice one time. It was, um, a married lady and she said help him to learn to lead you know like give him an opportunity to make some choices because for the most part i always say to women whenever i'm talking you know like in a group or whatever that you know for the most part like we're better as we're, we're faster we're smarter we're more intuitive you know like whenever it You're comes more organized, to yeah, organized yeah, whenever yeah. and i don't mean you know i'm being facetious yeah. but 
you know, I think that we have a sixth sense about us that God put into us. And that's because we're like the, you know, we're the keepers of the home. That's what we're called in Titus. And so it's hard for us to back down from that whenever we know we can get it done and all of that. But it's like, okay, do you want to fight that battle forever? Or how about you give him a chance to lead? And so like it started off really small where, you know, you'd say, hey, you want to go get a burger? And really, I did not. I wanted a salad or a baked potato. (laughs) Um, His greatest fight was over a baked potato. Yes, it was our biggest fight. And um, but saying, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. And so it was to like build you up so that you felt you started having some confidence that I trusted you in little things. So then I had practice following you in little things. So when big things like this came up where we're, you know, doing major life changing and, um, you know, uprooting and that kind of stuff, then I had had practice being able to follow you in little things. And um, that helped me be able to follow you in big things. And it's, it's almost like, and sorry for butting in, but it seems like my sneaky suspicion that, that no woman wants to be the leader of her pack anyway. They, I mean, women no. want a, a strong man to lead, and a lot of times it's really insightful and, and really... They want a strong godly man yes. to lead. That's that's the difference. And it's it's nice to see, or it's really encouraging to see someone who recognizes that and say, okay, my man's not manning up. I'm going to pray for him. That's what stood mm-hmm. out in my I'm like, dang, yeah. okay, you stepped up and prayed for him, and then you gave him space to step in to that mm-hmm. leadership position and, and even coaching. I mean, man, yeah. that's really, really brave. And like you said, there's all the Holy Spirit. And right. and that is hard to do. Yeah. But I'm sure that encouragement just even uh, invigorated you to be, m- you know, more yeah. confident in the direction that you were going well, and knowing she's aligning. When I know she's on my side, like I can walk through a brick wall, Game over, not even yeah. think twice on, you know, and, uh, and vice versa. And so I think that was really the starting point for us is, you know, when we were learning to, first of all, we had to understand what God's word said. Okay. So as we understood what God's word said and how the household was supposed to be, it was easier for us to step into that. And then, uh, it's easier to preach to other people for both of us. And I think that's where, uh, God just really did a mighty work in our lives that not only while we were getting to know him, he was, you know, fixing our marriage. He was putting us in, you know, in place is really what he was doing right. was putting us in place. That checkmate thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Put- well, and I, um, and I think too, I think you're so right. I don't think, you know, I've never met a woman who says that she wishes that her husband would not lead her, right. you know, but um, then also uh, in the same turn, mm-hmm. turn around and then overspeak her husband, right? you know, and not give him the opportunity because truly for the most part we're faster smarter Mm -hmm. more organized sixth sense you know and it's just easier especially if you have young children and you're just it's you know it's an orchestra it's like okay you go there and you know and that kind of thing but it's just like trying to and and this sounds demeaning i don't mean for it to or i hope it doesn't sound demeaning it's kind of like teaching your kid you can do it yourself way faster but then it's always a battle. Well, I know? think I and think it's complimentary. You know, it and is. I think you'd yeah. mentioned it. And I don't mean it. that to be disrespectful. No, it's not. I no, don't take it that. Uh, what I heard you say you earlier. Did have to train me. <laughs> what I did. What I heard you say earlier was, 
um, you know, do we want to fight that battle for that long? Mm-hmm. And I see that is that's where, you know, a man strength is. No, we actually do want to fight. We're looking for a battle to fight. Mm-hmm. Right. We're looking to stand in the gap. And if we, you know, if, if we don't have the confidence um, and, and we earn the confidence or regain the confidence, that's a fight that we want to do all day long. So right. you don't have to. Right. And that's a place where a woman wants to be is, you know, that in that safe spot when you're mm-hmm. making hard decisions or, you know, when the bills are, are up against the wall, you know, he's the calm, cool, collected one. Like we got it. Don't right. worry. Well, you take a deep breath and say, well, we've been through enough to where I know, right. I know he, he does have that's it. That's right. And so that does take practice. Mm-hmm. It does, you know, Whenever, on both parts. Right. Yeah. And whenever yeah. he makes a decision that not necessarily one that's, you know, not a big one, but, you know, getting a burger instead of pizza is just an easy way to start because yeah. it's like, oh, is that, you know, or maybe you don't have the money for that right. to go out. That would be another thing, you know, and it's and like, let's go out. And it's like, OK, you know, I, I don't really know that I think that we have the money, but if you feel like that that's something we can do then I'm going to trust, you know, like we had right. that conversation. Yeah. I'm going to trust that, that, that you're making a decision that's right. good for us. And, um, you know, just those little things that, and, and I, it, it's not me that did and that. It was, pe- yeah, I was going to say, people re- need to realize chance. these are not just conversations that we're having, but it's also scripture that's teaching us this. Right. Like we had to get to a place to where scripture was telling us that we had to do things different in our home. Uh, the way that, you know, homeschooling for our kids, that was something different. You know, God spoke to us during that. Um, And these are not instant, like, you know, next 24 hours, things are going to change. These were days upon weeks, upon months, upon years of, you know, um, understanding the word of God, understanding each other, uh, because we had both changed. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, after giving our life to the Lord, things have changed. You know, I, Um, I think now, you know, 17 years into our Christianity, I think you can trust what I say, you know, 15 years ago, that was a battle. Like Mm -hmm. you were still worried about me, you know, lying and cheating and stealing and, um, all of those things. Quitting. Quitting. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, here we are, you know, 17 years later, we're still in ministry. Um, praise the Lord. We didn't throw our kids away. We kept our kids, you know, like, um, things are just, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we we didn't quit on them uh well, you're but making big decisions too i mean you we we circle or we'll circle back to it but you went and picked up some more kids yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we got and uh two more uh um, yeah 2012 <laughs> yeah we got gabe a brother and sister in 2012 uh Adopted a little um, twins. twins, boy, girl, twins who are just the light of our life, and uh, we keep saying they're going to keep us young or kill us, and we're good with either one. Yeah. Um, they're they're busy, fast, they're uh, sports, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and I love the place where we are now because they're old enough, and our big kids. You know, we call them our big kids and our little kids. We have one point oh, two point oh, and two point oh <laughs> that they now enjoy each other like. Paul and Gabe are buddies and they, you know, they hang out and that it's kind cute. of stuff. It's, it's really, it's good. It was it reminds me of my though. little brother. I used to have a little brother. He was my chick magnet. You know, yeah. I'd take him with me. He was 10 years younger than me. That's the way, oh, Gabe, yeah. that's the way Paul is with uh, Gabe. Uh, Gabe's 10 years older. So he takes around as a chick magnet. Yeah. So That'll work. He can do that. But uh, yeah, so 2012, we got, uh, you know, 
the, the twins, and then uh, they were 17 months old. 17 months old, and then uh, 2015 we started the church. Um, uh, I should say, blew up an old church and started a a new name, new governing structure uh, with about 35, 40 people. And but prior to that, two weeks before that, we found out that you had cancer, mm-hmm. and um, you know, at the time we're thinking. Gosh, really? You know, things were things were pretty good, you know, going into that time. It was stressful. Uh, the business that we had was kind of um, ebb and flows. It depends on the year that it was good and bad. And other day, you know, other times it was just like, I'm ready to shut this thing down. And so we came on as uh, non-paid pastors, or I, I was a non-paid pastor, your pastor's wife. And um, uh Two weeks before that, we found out you had cancer. Uh, you ended up having breast cancer, double mastectomy, and just uh, chemo uh, that you went through for almost nine months. A year. And well, I mean, I had big chemo and well, little yeah, chemo, yeah, exactly. but the, the big little chemo, chemo was, went through for a year. Yeah. And the, the little chemo was like four or five months. Yeah, the big chemo was to yeah. the end of the year, almost October, November. I, 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 I think it was like nine months is what it was. I don't know. Yeah, I we rang the bell. And then you did the other small thing after that. But, you know, looking back on that, it's, you know, you're talking about God's chess pieces. Um, I, I think that was one of the things that kept the church together I at that can. time. God used you know, it for good. God used that for his good. I'm not saying he gave you cancer. I'm saying that because of you no. did have cancer, he used it in a way that just brought the church together. Um, and we had, you know, people bringing meals and all the, it was amazing how, how well they took care of you. And so, uh, you're now healed. Praise Amen. The Lord. It was almost yeah. six years now going on six years. Yeah. It'll be six years next week. Um, so let me think, um, it's the 14th. I can't even, I know that's going to be seven years, seven years. Okay. Yeah. It's seven oh, years. It's 22. That's right. Yeah, I was thinking 22. 21. Yeah. It's 2022. And, um, so February 9th mm-hmm. was the day that I, was diagnosed and then february 9th the following year is when i got my final treatment okay and got the um got the a-ok like no okay so yeah it'll be Amen. seven years that's right since praise um, god mm-hmm. that's good yeah, yeah praise the lord and you still look beautiful oh thanks big baby. time and so uh for the last seven years we've been pastoring a church and um just trying to you know Bring glory to God in all that we do. Um, in 2018, we closed down our business and actually became um, a paid pastor for the first time in 17, uh, you know, in 15 years. I'd never been paid, and all of a sudden, here we are getting a getting a little paycheck. And we closed down our business and kind of went into what we call full time ministry with a part time job, doing a little construction on the side, mm-hmm. and uh, we're continuing to do it. And uh, it's been a fun ride. Mm-hmm. It has. It has, hasn't it? So I appreciate that. But uh, we do, you know, like we do want our listeners to understand that, you know, marriage is work. Uh, We've been doing it for 31 years. We kind of, you know, one of the things we don't want it to become is become a habit. Um, Even though sometimes, you know, we get complacent. You know, uh, I love sitting on the couch with you watching TV. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing better thing, than that, huh? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, late at night, uh, sitting down and watching TV and after we get the kids to bed and just like the stuff like that. But, uh, it does take work it and does. we've been working at it for, uh, over 30 years and, um, God has, uh, just blessed us and continues to bless us. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like 
we can't sit here and say, oh, you know, God is so good and everything right. is so easy and all of that. No, you know, it's it's uh, still a, a spiritual battle and, a, you know, a fleshly battle and all of that. It's uh, it's busy or it's hard. It's, you know, got to stay on it. That's good. Mm -hmm. So as and this is um, I don't know if people have these questions as well. I'm just curious as a pastor's wife, what is the. I would say ratio just to put them on the spot. How often, you know, are are you guys, you know, disagreeing theologically? We talked about the like <laughs> equal. No, this is great because it's like you're That's talking about question. equally yoked. You know, when you first said, That's oh, you guys question. started, you got married and, you know, you weren't yoked yet. Well, yeah, you both were. You were both actually very equally yoked by not being real followers. Right. Mm -hmm. right. And both got saved. You have the benefit of both kind of being saved at the same time and walking yeah. through that. And we have these nuances in the Christian faith um, of, you know, different theological points of view and how difficult, especially because, you know, he's in ministry and doing preaching and all the above. How often are you guys clashing on theological, we'll say open hand issues, not obviously not closed. Right. But right. Um, I, I would say that th I'd say we're probably 80 percent like. Maybe, oh, yeah. You think? Oh, yeah. I would 80%? say even more than even that. Even more than that. OK. Mm -hmm. Like the, the stuff that we disagree on, it will be secondary issues, mm -hmm. you know, um, salvinic issues, man, we're, we're right there. The gospel, we're right there. Um, you know, where we would probably disagree would be something like, um, I don't know, speak, I don't even think we disagree in speaking in tongues or, um, end of times maybe, you know, I think that I probably have a bit of a more charismatic Leaning, right? Um, than you do. Yeah, like I'm more like John MacArthur. She's more like you know Stephen Furtick. Yeah, I mean, but I, not not in theology. Let me rephrase yeah, that. Yeah. Her theology is John MacArthur esque. Like she understands. She's she um, she's actually going to Liberty University and she studies Greek and she's doing Hebrew. And oh, like currently, she's yeah. Mm -hmm. So oh, that's what's up. getting my master's. She's trying to get her master's studies. in biblical studies. So. Okay theologically she's stout like she understands the word of god and she you know knows scripture and she's she's a stud she's a studier which is cool like one of the things you know we try to teach couples all the time like do a devotion together you know mm -hmm. just read the bible together make sure that you're spending time together but she and i can't do that like and there's a couple reasons is because um i want to read the bible and just be done like let's just read it and then, you know she wants to like chew it up and regurgitate it. And then she's got her study notes and her thesaurus and her dictionary and her journals and all of this. And like, she is just massaging this like crazy and like putting it in her brain. And, she, she, and, and for her, it's emotional, like, and it's spiritual where mine, I just, you know, in my devotion, I'm like, okay, where's the nugget? Okay. There's the nugget. I got it. I'm going to chew on that for a little while, you know, and then I'm done. And, and that's I, how we are personally too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I always say that if we went to a lake and we were going to go swimming and neither of us knew how that before we got there I would have read every book about swimming I would have on floaties a life jacket a <laughs> nose plug I'd have my hair in a swim cap and Jody would show up in the blue jean shorts and well which yeah like not even Cut dressed off. to swim and he'd just run and dive in 
<laughs> and I'd have to do everything beforehand before I'd ever get my foot wet. Yeah, that's funny. That is how we, that's, that's just how we are. Yeah. She, the, theologically, she's stout. Um, she has a lot of respect in the church and the marriage conferences that we've done. And even it's crazy. She'll go to me with man up conferences and, um, we usually have a booth and we're selling our books and t-shirts and stuff like that after I do the conference. And, I'll look over and she'll have a couple of guys around here and she's just like, she's teaching and preaching and talking to these guys. Like, you know, and, and, um, you know, I can do that anymore. It's been, it's been tough with kids and uh, younger kids and all that. But, uh, as a family, we used to travel quite a bit and Mm -hmm. since COVID it's just kind of died. I meant there for the while we were doing 20 conferences a year and, um, it was crazy. So threw man up. Well, and you know, whenever we, whenever we do differ, um, Jody always calls me as fruit squeezer <laughs> that, you know, I'm like, uh, and today the role of the Holy spirit will be played by Nan Burkeen, yes, you know, exactly. but, um, I read, uh, whenever we were going through our, you know, our, this man up man, you know, woman back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a book about submission and I was really confused about what that was, you know, and. Uh, society would have it be such an ugly negative word and uh, I remember I looked it up just like in a dictionary um, what submission meant and so it had all of these really just synonyms of definite you know that were definitions of what submission entailed and the one that stuck out to me the the most um, was accountability Because, you know, like you said, we read the word of God and we were getting an idea and God was instructing us and um, submission and the headship of the man and um, that kind of stuff is not that lording over. It's, you know, it's this. And um, uh, I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) Okay, so to add add on to that, (laughs) there's something interesting (laughs) Welcome that's to what, my world. Yeah, that's what happens what with chemo brain. What yeah. was I saying? It was really going to be good. It was going to be good, wasn't it? You're talking yeah. about the book you read or oh, about submission. And about accountability. Yeah, and accountability. And so, you know, it really is. The the idea is, is that it's the permission of God, essentially, that we're supposed to be a team. Right. And if I differ with you theologically or doctrinally, that that or if you say something from the pulpit that I'm like, I don't know that, you know, I can say to you, Hey, you know, this, I think this, and you say, I think that, and that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I think that that accountability uh, part of it, of submission is something that's not necessarily taught like it should be. Um, and that it's a partnership kind of thing. So well, you're, you're, you said it right before you started that society has screwed that word yes, up. For you know, sure. Now it makes you think that you're supposed to be barefoot and pregnant, That's right. in the, you know, in the kitchen, you know, cooking the bacon and right. uh, where it's, it's really not submission is both ways. Mm-hmm. Like I have to submit to, I have to submit to God first. Right. And so do you, we, you all have, do. we, we all have to submit to God first. And that's through, you know, learning his word and making sure that we understand his word and that we're living in the power of the Holy Spirit. First of all, that we know Jesus, number right. one. Right. Um, and then as I do that, I then learn to listen to you. I learn to, to love you differently because if I can learn to love God, then I learn to love others. That mm-hmm. other includes you, right. more specifically you. 
uh, and then my children, and then from my children to the church, and from the church to the community. And so that love is, um, is given to us, that, that, that act, action-type love is given to us through God, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, I have to learn to submit to you, too. I have to be willing to listen. Like, I do listen to you. You know that, that you know, if you say something about me saying something at the pulpit or, um, you know, make me think second-guess scripture or something like that. So Unless you're on your phone. Or the TV's on. (laughs) This is is something that I heard, um, and it has to do with the word helper. The Bible says uh, God gave man a helper. And I believe in the Hebrew, that word helper is only used uh, in Scripture another time to describe how God helps that's right it's actually the holy spirit yeah Yeah, so exactly and so it's that same connotation that same word and it's very it's eight sir eight sir is mm -hmm. the word and Mm -hmm. so it's it's very encouraging to say like okay yes you're submitting to me but my role is eight sir that's right and Mm -hmm. and your role is to uh surrender or submit your wants and your desires and focus on making decisions that will Mm -hmm. profit your spouse before you know, you, that's right. why, you know, that's, that's well why we said. open yeah. doors. That's why, you know, um, I was talking to actually, uh, I was talking to your future son-in-law. We were talking about, you know, how I said, Hey man, you're, you're, you're stepping into something I can't even give you advice on. Cause I'm not married. You know, you're right. engaged right now. You're going to step into this new world. Um, as a godly man, you got to take what you know, your responsibility is going to be taking care of her and making sure she's set up for success before you're even set up for mm-hmm. success. Right. Yeah. And I that's appreciate a, that. That's a huge responsibility and a whole nother level of man and up. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's one of the things, you know, I look back on our life and, you know, I met her when I was 19 years old. Tw- I No, I just turned 20. Mm-mm. Was I 19? Mm-hmm. 19. OK. And cute. Oh, man. What was I ever? <laughs> <laughs> um he uh, was. He was preppy with his little round glasses and khakis. You, and he wore penny loafers. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> he was cute. That's attractive. Well, that was the 80s. Yeah, yeah he I was so cute. Z Cavariches with the bottoms, you know, tied up on them. Um, but yet, uh, I look back on the, like, a 19-year-old is a kid. You know, even though we're supposed to train them to be men, I'm trying to train my son to be a man. He's doing a, a really good job, but there's, there's still kids. Like, they're just still, you know, still, it's it's trying to, you know, switch that. If I could go back and flip the switch to manhood faster, um, but again, you know, it's sanctification, it's growth, it's all of those things, but uh, I, it's just crazy how young we were when we first met, you mm-hmm. know, and how... Um, you know, where we are, I still look at us as, you know, that couple that was in Florida, you know, just right. living, living the dream. And um, Ben always that. says that I still look at you as my boyfriend. Like yeah. I see, I see 20 year old mm. Jody and I do like, me I too. look at you, I see. Yeah, I yeah see me that. too. When I look in the mirror, that's why I'm losing <laughs> weight. Yeah. Um, it's but, called delusion, but yeah, it for is, her, yeah. it's a tra- She's like, oh, that's cute. But when yeah, you say exactly. it, it's like, that guy's yeah, that's deluded. <laughs> I'm to- total delusion, total delusion. Mm, no. um, You're still but cute. It, but it's been a blessing, you know, the, the years that we've had, because I mean, you know, uh, we didn't grow up with great role models, um, for marriage, for marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love our parents to death, all 18,000 of them. Um, 
you know, great but, role models great, in other ways, and in, especially but, in the older years, like not, great, great role models. But um, you know, we statistically speaking, we didn't have much of a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we beat the odds, I think, uh, for most people. You know, between you and I, our not that our, we ever take anything for granted. Oh heck, no, you know, no, not at all. But that our, we're out of the woods or between anything. our two parents or our four parents, um, paternal and maternal parents, uh, we have twelve marriages. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in between those, so. You know, we've had a lot of uh, ups and downs in those. We've got step mm-hmm. kid, or step brothers and sisters, and uh, half brothers and sisters, and so ex step brothers, ex step brothers. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we kind of have a weeping willow as a family tree, and mm-hmm. so God has done a mighty work in our lives. What's cool is, you know, I look at all of my brothers and sisters; they're all still married. You know, Praise the Lord almost for that. twenty plus years for most of them, and so. Mm-hmm. God has just uh, done amazing work. So um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about a little bit, you know, that was our testimony oh. kind of really of how we've, you know, gotten to where we are today and, you know, how awesome I am as a husband, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, and how awesome you are as a wife and how great <laughs> our marriage is and how perfect it is. Right. Um, I like Samuel's questions. Those yeah. uh, make me make us have to think. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, I've got a question for you. So, okay. You know, being the A-type personality that you have been, um, which I'm not you, well, anymore. You're not. Yeah, you've 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 uh, you've yeah you've softened a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, it's it's. I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> Just quit, quit trying. I did. I it was like, no, all right, is it worth I, the battle? I saw God do that to you. Like He worked in your life big mm-hmm. time because that could have been a really bone of contention for us, especially sure. the closer I was getting to God and the more that I really wanted to. Not because I want to lord over you, because I want to do what God tells me to do. I want to lead our home. I want to uh, be the husband that you've, you know, that you deserve and that God's called me to be. I want to be the father that God's called me to be. And if you'd have still been like you were, if we, if God wouldn't work on both of us, it would have major issues in our lives. And um, I appreciate that. Number one, uh, you know, talking about women wanting that. I mean, sixty-five percent of our followers on Facebook are women. You know, out of the 878,000 right. followers that we have, 60, you know, so what it tells me is that women want are looking or desiring for a godly man to lead mm-hmm. in their lives. And right. so um, as a pastor's wife, I, I read this survey um, uh, and it just talked about, you know, your your role in the church, you know, just in in life as well and uh, i want to read some of these statistics to you and see if you can relate to these okay so um this is a survey of pastors wives that highlight the stress stress they experience in their roles and their needs to have support um number one is friendship pastors wives need safe soul friends um, many have shared vulnerabilities with certain women in the church and felt their trust was violated. And this statistic says 80% feel left out and unappreciated by church members, and 56 say that they have no close friends in the church. Uh, I'm not asking you to say, yeah, those are true or not, but do you? what would you give maybe a, a, for wives that are out there that are pastor's wives, uh, or even wives in general, just um, how do you how do you develop your friendships and how do you keep those close to you so you can have an avenue or a conduit that you can share real and open and honest things? I mean, like, mm-hmm. what do you do for that? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to give details cause you know, there may be some of those ladies listening, but yeah, 
you know, just like what what were your what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I think that um, that's a really good question because I don't feel like that I have done anything for that. I feel like God's placed really wonderful women in my path. Awesome. I don't think that I'm necessarily a great friend, but God has given me women in my life who are great friends Mm -hmm. and they know how to be friends. Right. So I don't know that I can take any credit for that. Um, but I do believe that it is, um, a testimony to God's faithfulness. Uh, you know, like you said, when I got cancer, uh, God used that to knit our church together in such an intimate Mm -hmm. way. And, uh, it just, um, in our lives proves the, again, that scripture is true and that God works all things for good for those um, who love him. So uh, I think that one of the things that you're really good at and helped me be better at, I'm not as good as you. I don't know. I want to be as good at you as you at being transparent, Mm -hmm. but I think transparency, you know, there's such women are, we're our worst enemies you know a lot of times we can be so mean without even really realizing it you know guys seems like you guys can call each other you know fat and be okay okay. (laughs) like if i called a girlfriend fat or she called me fat like i would never be her friend again you know i hope ben's listening to this because you know it's gonna take me off you know who's gonna start calling me fat yeah that skinny little turd (laughs) he's losing a ton of weight too Yes, but you've got you've got long you've got long term goals. Okay, exactly. Yeah, there you go. You're doing good. Thanks. Still building you up. Yeah. <laughs> She's lying right to your face. So I think it's I think that it's vulnerability and transparency. Right. And also your mom gave me some really good advice early on because I was trying to figure out, you know, like um being in Bible studies and how much to share of you know, like personal information and stuff and how much not. And, you know, there was this one woman who was in Bible study and she always would monopolize the time and talk about her kids and you knew everything that was going on with her and that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I had been in sales forever and I was super good at, um, being a chameleon, you know, like I could, I could meet people and, I knew how to get people to like me, right? but I, and, and those superficial relationships, I never knew how to have depth. Depth, right. And, um, well, unfortunately for you and I, we were, we were best friends. Yeah. We didn't really let a whole lot of people no, in our lives at d- all. We didn't even, yeah. Yep. Um, and so then I think that as God started to change me, uh, I, I, I became less of a chameleon. I desired depth. And I think that, that you modeled that for me. And, you know, I even said to you just last week, you were talking to a high school friend about some personal stuff. And I said, did you really tell him that? Weren't you embarrassed? Do you remember me? Yeah, saying? I do. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're good at transparency. And so I think that that's something that's been really good is that um, just learning how to be more vulnerable because women, especially a pastor's wife is supposed to be so perfect and right. we are so far from perfect. Like well, I think our church knows we're not perfect. Yes. And I appreciate <laughs> that so much. And that was something we set forth, you know, like right, in the exactly. beginning, like yeah. it, it's not, uh, we're so messed up. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're just so messed Thank up. you for the grace of God. Yes, so. that's right. Um, 
so a couple other questions here. Um, pastors, why this statistic was talking about pastor wives may feel like unpaid assistance in the church. And yet many have so much more to offer in their ministries. All need encouragement for their important role. Uh, these stats say that 84% feel unqualified and discouraged in their roles. Um, Number one, I don't think you're unqualified in the women's ministry that you lead here uh, at the church. And then number two, um, I do see you sometimes feel discouraged uh, in ministry. How do you tend to work that out in your life? Like, what are the things that you do? What are things that I do? I have um, I have a wonderful ladies' ministry team. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. I lean on others. And... Um, you know, I, and again, I don't take any credit for, like, if there's anything good happening, we all know that it's God doing it. Right. Um, and my ladies ministry team has been amazing. Wouldn't right. you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are like a jigsaw puzzle that we fit together and we have strengths and um, that each of us and function in. Uses them, yeah. And uh, so I'm thankful for that. Now, I do think that God has equipped me and gave me vision without me even knowing about it to um like be intentional to pray and seek those team members right. and you know that kind of thing and to develop them and to help develop the team into a team and that kind of stuff but uh yeah i've been fighting fighting some discouragement in my ministry you know because mm -hmm. some of these ladies well all of them you know really but they just they're faster than me you know <laughs> they're younger their minds go faster they're you know whatever right and so that's been, um, I've been kind of beating myself up about that. But uh, then I also remember, you, you know, we had some advice one time and we were trying to, it was when we were trying to figure out what we were going to do in ministry mm, next. Right. And we were at camp. Right. And uh, can I say his name? Yeah. And Spanky. Right. Uh, we sat down with him and said, hey, this is what's going on with us. Like he asked us and he yeah. said, well, you know, for me, um, if I don't know where I'm, what I'm supposed to do next, I always go back to the last thing that I know God told me to do. Right. And I stay there until I know God has told me to do something else. And so I, you know, I kind of remembered That's that solid. with, yeah, it's solid. isn't yeah. that good? Strong, yeah. yeah, it's good. And so whenever discouragements happens, I'm like, okay, just recently, even I'm like, okay, where am I? What did God tell me? Has he told me anything differently? Right. And so... Yeah, I think I think we do that. I, I used to do that a lot. Like, you know, I'm ready to change things. And whether God told me or not, I'm changing a lot of times. And that got me in so much trouble. That was idiotic, you know, a lot of times. Now, mm -hmm. I think we're both. I also think the older we get, the, you know, yeah. you, you don't necessarily want to move as fast. And you don't want to change as much either. Mm -hmm. So I think that's helped us out. And that's, that, that's maturity. That's the only reason Wisdom. I'm still in Missouri. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you that's go. The and figured it out I where you're supposed to go. Yeah, exactly. yeah. There you go. Well, praise the Lord, you're yeah. still here. Yeah. Right? Amen. Got all these beautiful seasons. Yeah. And I love yeah. it. We got big plans for Fagoza. So. <laughs> so here's a couple of stats on marriage. Uh, being married to a pastor can be challenging. 80% believes their spouse is overworked. Um, I don't think I am by any means. Um 80% wish their spouse would choose another profession. Have you ever thought of that? Uh, no. No? Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't. I haven't either. There have been times I'm thinking, man, I wish I could go back making some money. But, you know. <laughs> that has been a big deal. That, uh, that, Gabe that, can attest to that, too. Yeah. Like, 
it's been a big, you know, that it was a, a change for yeah. sure. But yeah. God is so faithful. It's and crazy, I mean, just it? the abundance that we experience yeah. in a way that mm -hmm. we should not is I think it's unbelievable. given, a, you know, not having the money that we used to have get, has given us the opportunity to see God. Mm -hmm. You know, like Absolutely. when we had when we had money, we, it was like, look at what we did. Right. You know, now we can say, look at what God did. And I think yes. that's a huge blessing. Yes. Bless you there. Um, you know, what's crazy is that uh, one of these stats here says 40 percent of their husbands have had an extramarital affair while serving as a pastor. Wow. Um, you know, one of the things that you and I try to do is, number one, be open and honest. Um, we try to make sure that I don't text women. I don't con uh, consult with women. I don't give counsel to women if you're not there. Um, I don't, I'm not in the same room with a woman at the church or at anywhere for that matter. And, um, we have an amazing love life. And I think that's, that's huge. I think a lot of times when we're, um, especially for, for pastors that are out there, I think a lot of times, you know, I think our, our marriage has been so good. Uh, it has, it's had its ups and downs, but, um, I can't imagine being with somebody else ever. Um, but you I also, but I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine Bobbitt just came out over here. Yeah, yeah. Can't even think about it. Yeah, exactly. I but, you're thinking about but, I, <laughs> but I do put barriers up in my life right. and you help me with that too. And I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would encourage other pastors to, to figure out what those barriers are. I don't, I, I make sure that I have those in my life. Even from the outside looking in. Any that, man should be doing yeah, that. Any man. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That, right. that, no, that feels healthy. Um, I, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Pence uh, who does that pretty actively. Yeah, Mike um, Pence. Yeah. yeah, Mike Pence. Yeah. And they were, you know, people have chastised Graham. him. Yeah, Billy Graham did it too. But that's yep. just, that's just being respectful of your wife and, you know, yep. being above reproach. There's no, you know, if someone accuses him of something, he's like, yeah. what are you talking about? You know, I was, right. I was, I'm never in, you know, those situations. Yeah. Right. It's, it's sad, you know, and that's where, you know, we, we never feel like, or I, I, th I think we try to make sure that we've never act like we've arrived, um, by any means. Yeah. And because I think that you allow you to let your guard down, the next thing you know, you get in trouble. That's and, right. um, well, I thank you for that. And I think that, um, you know, just talking about our marriage and our love life and that kind of thing. One of the things that I pray regularly for us is passion. Mm -hmm. yep. um, you know, I'm, I try to be intentional about that. And I, that's something God gave to me, too, that, you know, that we would have passion in right. our marriage. And I think that's a good prayer for any marriage. Totally. You know, to be intentional about... Um, seeking that you know so often things can be so familiar what is mm. that what is that um saying familiarity breeds, breeds contempt or is it contempt contempt. Yeah, contempt so you know like those things that are most mm -hmm. familiar to you, you you can actually be angry at right. really that's one easily. of the things that we teach though too is to make sure that your your marriage is number one in the family like mm -hmm. not saying your kids are number two but your focus really because you're raising your kids to leave the house mm -hmm. and so in another 20 years when our younger kids get old enough to leave um we'll die well yeah we'll be dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll be dead yeah exactly um there's an, there's, there's going to be a moment where we're sitting across the table from each other and if we don't know each other i mean you look at the the divorce rates right now for empty nesters 
it's like in the 60s or 70s. Like it's, it's frightening, set, you know, percentile. It's crazy mm-hmm. uh, because they get to a place to where they've focused so much on their work and they focus so much on their kids. And then they get to a retirement age and they're looking across the table. They don't know each other. And mm-hmm. it's like, what do we do now? And uh, that's that. Like I, I looked at our, I look at our next phase of life in the next 10, 15 years, like that's going to be the glory days. You know, we're together and no kids and, you know, we're hopefully traveling and ministering all across the nation or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I just, I see that, but I, I want to do it with you and I don't want it to be a place to where, you know, we get to, to know each other. Like my prayer doesn't necessarily say passion, but it it has something to to go along with that as well in my prayer journal. So Well, and, and it would be so great to be in those glory days and have kids who are serving alongside serving Lord, us yeah. and their families and that kind of stuff. Yep. I grew up in church, bro. No pressure. You ain't got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fergosa's a uh, PK. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why I'm so messed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I got all these problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what funny. we keep messing Gabe up because he's a pastor's kid as well. Mm-hmm. So that's funny. Awesome. Um, there's a couple other things I was going to ask you here real quick. Let me get my paper out. And um, so as we, we're getting close to finishing up. Uh, I can't believe it's already been. Yeah, this has been good. An hour and 45 minutes. Um, what advice, uh, we've been married 31 years. Uh, statistically speaking, that's, you know, that's. It's like light years for many people. Um, I I love to see one today uh, is one of the uh, one of our elders at our church. They just had 46 years. And 46. I thought it was 47. Was it 47? Okay, it was 47, 47 Mm -hmm. years of marriage. That's uh, something else. um, That's a that's a cool place to be. And uh, what do you think it takes to have a long lasting marriage? Like what Mm. what did what's some advice what do you think it takes Mm -hmm. and um how do you continue that um how do you continue that passion for each other Mm. you should have told me that before we got here you were going to ask me that Uh -uh. um so let me think i think that um i always say it but i think that it is being on a team you know like you're my safe place Mm -hmm. you know um and I think I'm your safe place. Right. So, you know, so I think that that's the most important thing is just establishing that safe place. Mm-hmm. And um, and it has to be founded on God. Right. I mean, without a doubt. And it's not just with lip service, but it's like truly, right. you know, each of them seeking God. And if there's one that is seeking harder than the other, then the that person really should be the one who's surrendering the most and drawing mm-hmm. that person close, to, them, close yeah. to the Lord through their actions instead of, you know, right. lording it over them. But, um, so yeah, I think that that's, that's my advice. Get close to God and, and let him do the work and establish that safe place. That's good. Um, and you know, just be funny. Yeah. You're not <laughs> funny. You're not funny. <laughs> That's if our you're, uh, if you're not funny, you're she, done. You're she's done. not right. funny. She <laughs> thinks she's the funniest person. No, she's not funny. Oh, I bet we get some Facebook comments that say that she is. I bet so I can. Funny. I bet. I bet I could get on Facebook. <laughs> I could get a hundred likes compared to your zero likes that you're funny. I <laughs> probably. I am not funny. I know I'm not funny, but 
It is the desire of my heart to be funny. And I think that, and Jody is funny. Like I, I we laugh at each other. We do. You are funny. I'm like, hysterical. You're just not I'm just funny being when you humble. think you're fun. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, that would probably be it. What do you think? Um, I think, yeah, number one, seeking God. Like, um, you have to have a God that's going to transform you. And if we hadn't changed, if we hadn't, mm-hmm. you know, transformed into the, the, the holiness and righteousness that uh, he wanted us to be, um, or the godliness that he was seeking for us to be, and both of us surrendering, I don't think we would be where we are today. Yeah. Um, I think it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of, you know, learning to be humble. Mm-hmm. And, you know, neither one of us were very humble. Um, probably me a lot more than you, but mm-hmm. um, you you had your moments as well, you know, especially in the early days. And, you know, just learning not to be, um, you know, so prideful. And that, I would agree that, with that. That for us, I think, was huge in our transformation and just learning to be. Not uh, that we don't s- struggle with that oh, still. Oh, heck no, no. I know, meant, like, yeah. Um, ben says he's in my life to keep me humble. So um, I know that I know he's there to, to keep me from getting a big head. But I think that that's huge. Stacy's in his life it, for the same for reason. For the same reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think that's huge in our lives is that we just, you know, we've learned. Um, we've learned each other, you know, even though we don't sit and talk two hours like we are tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to know we still can. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but we know each other, you know, mm-hmm. when you get to know each other and the, as you grow old together, um, that knowledge becomes useful because I know I can tell by a look, you know, how you're feeling or mm-hmm. what you feel or what I've done wrong, you know, sometimes. Um, and I think that's cool, you know, in 31 years of marriage, mm-hmm. um, that, that helps a lot. And so I would just, I would suggest to people that you, you've got to work at it. Mm-hmm. You've got to, For sure. you've got to put an effort into your marriage. Um, you got to put an effort, to get to know God. You got to put an effort, to get to, to get to know your spouse, uh, to get to know your children. And when you do all those things, it's going to bring a bring you to a place of, um, a better relationship. And now granted, I get this all the time. Well, my spouse isn't, isn't doing that. Right. Well, I think you kind of nailed it on the head earlier is you got to pray for them more than you ever have in your whole life. You know, whatever that situation is, sometimes you're going to have unequally yoked people. Right. You need to be praying for salvation. Um, Maybe you've got one that's growing faster than the other. You've got you. Maybe you've got to stop growing a little bit and come help grow your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be. That, you know, people are always, especially men. You know, because we have the man up ministry and we see guys all the time wanting to get into ministry. And I'm I'm thinking, you know, you've got to you've got to be able to prove your ministry through your family. Mm-hmm. If you can prove the ministry through your family, then you you can the overflow of your ministry should be. Um, what what people see in your family? I loved always taking my family to the Man Up conferences because I could always say, well, "Go talk to my wife." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm telling you from this stage is, she'll. I promise you, she'll call me on the carpet if I'm lying about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had my children there. You know, sitting there talking to them and able to, you know, tell them about their salvation or you know, things that daddy does and stuff like that. And so, um, I love being able to prove 
you know, our ministry through our family mm-hmm. and, um, uh, it's work, you know, it is work. It, uh, and it's good, it's good work. And I think that's what we should be doing. Um, that's what we're trying to teach. I think both you and I, when we do right. marriage conferences and counseling and right. all of that is that, um, it's going to be work and you've got to start first. Mm-hmm. You, you go know, first, you go first. Well, and your mom just texted me and, uh, okay. I don't think that I finished, uh, saying the advice that she gave me, I was telling how, you know, you have one person who always talks in the Bible study. And I think it was your question, Samuel. Um, and, uh, uh, your mom told me said, even Jesus had a posse. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know that you, you, he had his, he had his 12, but then he, he really, and then he had his inner circle of his three, you know, with, um, with James, James John, John and, and Peter. Peter. Yeah. So that was really good advice. That is. You know, you don't have, it was about, you know, I think intimacy or friendship or uh, pastor's wife. Right. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I wanted to finish that because That's that is, good. that was really great advice to me that right. you're um, talking about being vulnerable. Yeah. Oh, right. And you know, there's always these people in class that will, you know, just spew mm-hmm. it all out. And mm-hmm. then by the time they get done every class, you're kind of bored of what they say, but right. And you were, you were easy, you could easily fit into any group being a chameleon kind Mm -hmm. of deal. That's what you were saying. Yeah, right. And so she did, she told me to get, you know, to find my posse. Right. And that, that was really good advice Yeah. uh, that I think that is good advice for anybody, Mm -hmm. you know, because um, church hurt is deep hurt. Yeah, it is. You know, so uh, I just wanted to make, she said that she just texted me and I was like, oh, I didn't finish that. I wanted to. Want to give her give her a shout out? She's on that. a good storyteller. Yes, yeah, she, she is. Can tell and that's good that's solid advice, even for you know someone who's not married, just dating. Like if mm-hmm. I don't have, I got a real nice core group of guys right. that God's blessed me with, and uh, some of them don't even know each other. Right. Know, but I got oh, three, wow. I got three guys that I can call at any point in time and ask them, "Hey, I need an outside perspective." And if you trust them, you know I'll let them speak into my life. Hey, I like this girl. Like, what do you think I should do? Mm, nope, you should break up with her. And I'm right. like, really? He's like, yeah, man, for these reasons, go pray about it, but that's what you should do. Or, hey, I don't even think, I, I'm not sure if I'm liking this girl. Well, well hold on. You <laughs> right. need to pursue this girl. Like, what are right. you doing? You yeah. need to, you know, and a tight-knit group will really give yeah. you an outside perspective, godly perspective, obviously. Right. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You can tell by John's book, um, how close he was to Jesus right. having that tight knit group. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Well, do you have anything else to say? Would yeah. you like to go home and finish our Valentine's day? Yeah. <laughs> we gonna, the, are we going to go watch much. TV? You watch TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Turn on the fireplace and yeah. watch TV. Yeah. Awesome. No, this was, this was fun. Well, honey, it's been awesome to have you on here, and um, I appreciate it. I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to write a book. Uh, called Expectation Conversations, mm-hmm. and it's pray seven. Yeah, please pray, pray for us. Uh, it is a marriage book, and it's uh, seven conversations that couples need to have and keep having. And um, it is, uh, and what we mean by that is that you know, in a conversation, there has to be some expectations set up. So both of you know what the goal is, what the barometer is, what the the end goal, the end line is the finish line, whatever that we still haven't figured all that out. But, um, that way you have this conversation to go back on, uh, whether it's finding your budget, you know, what's your budget. Okay. Here's the goal. Here's the budget. Here's what we're going to do. And we can always know that that's the, 
that's the starting point. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're hoping we'll get through that uh, soon, you know, one of yeah. these days. And uh, yeah, that'd be good. get that out with a workbook and some conferences. And so I'm excited about doing that with yeah, you. Yeah, me too. It's going to be fun. Well. All right. Well, guys, make sure that you check us out on any podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon. Podomatic is the one that we're on um, as well. And uh, download and subscribe. Go check out our YouTube table, our YouTube channel as well, and our Man Up God's Way website, and then Man Up God's Way Facebook page. We have eight, uh, seven, eight hundred and seventy-eight thousand followers, and we need more. So go check us out, and we will see you guys next Monday. God bless. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.